This episode is brought to you by The Skeptical Buddha, The Tao of Science. My book, which is a thoughtful discourse on Eastern philosophy and how it helped birth ideas required for science and skepticism and the way it fell behind in the face of new evidence. This book discusses the long history of both philosophies as well as the tenets and variations within the varying sects along with psychology and our own natural biases. It discusses how to counter our natural biases using science and the underlying concepts of meditation and mindfulness, a more complex understanding of how science operates than most of the public understands, and why it is the best tool we have to discover truth and reality, as well as philosophical ideas we might embrace as technology progresses. The material is packaged in a way that the average person can understand with rich illustrations to draw the reader in and feel at peace. Welcome to After School Democracy, the podcast that attempts to fill in the gaps you almost certainly missed in school about politics, economics, and history. Last year, I discovered that Rocky and Bowinkle was free on YouTube, and I did a binge on it. For some reason, it's been taken down recently, but you can find it on other channels. The humor is just so classic on an absurdist yet intelligent level. However, I began realizing things in it and themes our parents were raised with that pretty much explains so much about the view of boomers. Things that I can easily separate out thanks to having a bit more mental plasticity, thanks to being younger, and a lot of training on personal bias are things that are emotionally nostalgic to a boomer, and if they haven't learned to separate from their identity, will fight you to the death as just being right and normal. One of the first things I noticed, and now remember from my cartoon days, is that in the show, the government is mostly good with the best of intentions, just often bumbling and incompetent, which was meant to be silly to kids and a half-joke to adults. These days, the opposite is believed to be true by many, that everyone is evil in government and all in on a big conspiracy. I'd say it's in the middle somewhere. What it did do, though, was instill a sense of grandeur and positive belief that people in government were earnestly trying, but sometimes failing, even though there are always very evil men in power. Even the Mounties, aka the cops, were always good. They were also just absurdly incompetent, and people like Dudley Do-Right would always get his man Snidely Whiplash, who was not only always evil, but comedically and proudly so. If someone was caught who was innocent, it would always be found out and the innocent person set free, even though, as John Oliver has reported, couldn't be further from the truth. Next, let's move on to the big baddies of the show. Communism. Boris and Natasha were just communists, stereotypes of the Eastern Bloc and Russia. However, they had no ideology except evil for the sake of evil. Like, literally. Most American boomers grew up never knowing anything Marx had to say or labor theory. Unions were happily divorced from communism and anarchism, unaware that without them, we wouldn't have had unions or good-paying jobs. Talk to any average boomer about communism, they will say, well, it sounded good on paper, and everyone gets exactly the same thing so no one wants to work and it always becomes a dictatorship unaware that the founding principle of communism is that unions are supposed to form the government from the bottom up and Lenin initiated what is called state capitalism as a way to transition from communism restricted many freedoms just as they were coming out of the worst civil war the world had ever seen at that time and he died and Stalin took over and became a totalitarian dictatorship also if you were in a factory job you would get paid more once you went beyond your quota it was peasant farms however where everyone got the same and yes no one felt like 
working harder. This was actually a leftover from the monarchist system and had nothing to do with Marxism. It was just more expedient. And factory workers had such a low opinion of former peasants. It wasn't that everyone got paid the same that disincentivized work. If anything, they were reported to be some of the hardest workers and most motivated. It was the way everything was now a top-down organization and every industry suffered from what many government agencies suffer from in terms of waste and a use-it-or-lose-it mindset so factories would waste resources because if they didn't, they might not get it next year when they actually needed it. But boomers in the U.S. were never taught any of this. In fact, as Rocky and Bowinkle were launching, Khrushchev was just winding down destalinization shifting the nation from a totalitarian to an authoritarian dictatorship, but preventing other Stalinist satellites from destalinizing for fear of losing power over them. Also, there is a reason why communist nations have almost always led to some form of dictatorship, because the West embargoed anyone who decided to go socialist, so they had to either go Stalinism or starve. Cuba, Laos, and Vietnam were ones who mostly escaped Stalinism, but still had to maintain a constant, at-war posture since the West was constantly hostile to them, which always requires giving up some freedoms. Look at the U.S. after 9-11. Nope, the message Rocky and Bullwinkle-era cartoons taught us was that communists equal criminals and no ideology, obviously because they were all atheists and didn't have any religion. Most boomers never bothered to dig any deeper into the concept and still hold a cult of anti-communism which Trump tapped into and is one of the hallmarks of fascism, where anything, including liberalism, is now dirty commies. Currently, Putin and his oligarchic kleptocrats are actually much closer to Boris and Natasha than anything the actual communists had going for them. The show also idealized colonialism. Peabody is a perfect colonial adventurer. He is introduced as such, and Professor Elemental parodies this image so well. In one cartoon, Peabody is actually helping General Custer, portraying him as the good guy. The natives are portrayed as idiot children who were being unreasonable and broke their promise, even though it was the U.S. government that broke their promises, and once the natives were defeated, no atrocities committed, and no atrocities were committed against them. Lastly, everyone is white. There are no other ethnicities, and if they are, they are a cheap joke stereotype. Kublai Khan is a racist, violent stereotype to the Yosemite Sam level. It's why you may be around your boomer relatives and they make some racist jokes that aren't racist in their head, they're classics. I had a relative make that terrible Breakfast at Tiffany's Chinese accent and was really confused as to why no one younger laughed. We just all felt extremely uncomfortable and cringe. That said, it's still a great show, just like most of the classic cartoons that are now problematic, and it can be a primer in understanding normalcy for the average boomer as a child. They were basted and steeped in this as the air they breathed. They were also hit with some of the worst lead mercury of nearly any generation, which speeds up the death of plastic memory as they get older, making changing their minds so much harder, as well as more easily angered and scared, and more likely to buy into conspiracy theories and open to scam artists. Once you get this, the boomers as a collective make a lot more sense. As I discussed in my video to the minority of boomers, thank goodness a large subsection was able to overcome this thinking to protect the next generation's ability to think for ourselves. So in a previous video, I tried to have people boost the algorithm by posting emojis. Apparently my average viewer dislikes emojis just as much as I do. But I did find out that if you post anything in the comments, regardless of what it is, it will still boost my video through the algorithm. So, if you have nothing to say about this, go ahead and post either your favorite quote from Rocky and Bowinkle, or just simply post Moose and Squirrel. Let's see if this works better than my emoji experiment. 
So as always, thank you all for watching this as a video or listening to this as a podcast, which I'm sure was completely uncontroversial to anyone, especially to the YouTube monetization team. So if you found this useful, please donate to my Patreon. Just a reminder that I'm Anubis2814 on YouTube, and I have almost 700 videos on my channel that I've made over the past 11 years on religion, science, psychology, and politics. Please go check them out, and if your site has the option, like, rate, review, and comment. A special thanks goes out to Kendall Copperberg, Mylon Mia, Ogrel, Elias Garcia Guevara, and Joe Taylor for their $10 or more Wapawet level donations. I'm always humbled by the fact that they find my work worth funding and worth driving me forward. Thank you all. Please consider donating to my work if you can, and thank you all for listening.